Well, good morning, everyone. You survived the Super Bowl disaster. Or if you're a Patriots fan, the Super Bowl miracle, I guess. Hey, today uh, is First Steps with Chris. This is the chance that we get to uh, meet one another. And so right after the celebration, uh, we'll have lunch and child care is provided. You can just leave your kids uh, upstairs if you want. You have to get them after that, though, okay? You can't keep them forever. Um, but I would love to meet you guys, get to know you, hear your story, for you to get my story. And uh, we'll be done by about 1 o'clock. So uh, if you could do that, uh, that would be great. Now, last week, some of you were here, and you might remember that I had my letter sweater, and I tried it on, and it fit halfway decent. But when I took it off, I'm told that there was some flesh that was shown. Uh, So if any of you have been disturbed by that this week and you're dealing with psychological issues, um, please come and we will help you with your counseling for that, okay? Uh, So this morning, I am going to talk about getting stronger in our bodies, but I promise that we will not... Uh, show any flesh uh, this morning. But I'd like to begin with uh, this question right here. And uh, here it is. Have you ever wondered how important your body is to God? Have you ever wondered how important your body is to God? Well, in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, after God had designed and created human beings, he says this. He says, This was very good. Now, on day one, two, three, four, five, uh, when he created things, he said it was all good. He just never said that it was very good. Only when he designed the human body. When God sent his one and only son to planet Earth, he could have sent him in multiple different ways, in spirit, in some other form, but he chose to send Jesus with a body. And the scripture actually tells us that Jesus was clothed in human flesh and his human body and human bodies in general would be glorified then forever. In fact, when God laid down some of the rules of what it meant to deal with humans and bodies... You might remember that there were many of these rules were left there to actually protect the human body. He didn't want any bodies subjected to violence or abuse or starvation or rape or mistreatment of any kind. How do we know Jesus was serious about this? That he understood how whole a body was. The night before Jesus was crucified on the cross, he's in this garden. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. And while he's there, the enemy troops come in to grab him and to pull him away to where they eventually would beat him and he would be killed upon a cross. But as they grabbed him on that particular night, there was one of his disciples... One of his best friends, a guy by the name of Peter, who draws his sword and who swings it so hard that it cuts off the ear of one of the Roman soldiers. And when this takes place, Jesus is just perplexed because he's like, do you know what is getting ready to happen to me in in this difficult hour that he was in? And yet Jesus turns to Peter right in the midst of all of this. And he says, Peter, put the sword away. No violence ever. And then Jesus goes over and he picks up the ear. And he goes next to this man and he places the ear on the side of his head. And he heals the man. Because the body was so important to Jesus that it should never be disfigured, even if it is an enemy. 
Paul, the guy who wrote over half the New Testament, he talks about the body many different times within his writings, but one in particular that we want to look at today is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it says this. Paul says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. This verse is very clear that if you're a Christ follower, and some of you are just checking this out, but some of you, you are Christ followers, that if you are a Christ follower, your body no longer belongs to you. The text says that it belongs to God. Also, it says that in your body, he places the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes we just read that and we glance over it. But if you think about how important that was, why God designed to put his spirit in you. I mean, think about that. The Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to place my spirit, the Holy Spirit in your body. It's going to dwell in your body. And then the text says that it is the responsibility then of every single Christ follower to honor God with your body. So here's our big idea this morning. It'll come up on the side screens. Let's read this out loud together all in one voice. Bodies are important to God and maybe they should be important to us. And so you can fill that in. Uh, in your program, or you can go on the app and do that. But bodies are important to God, and they should be more important to us, maybe. Now, if you're still not convinced about all of this, the Bible actually goes on to say that in the next reality, that in heaven itself, you are going to receive a brand new body. So, you know, I'm close to God, so I talked to God this week. And I told him that I wanted the body of this guy, Channing Tatum. I was going to show his body body, but they told me it would be a little bit too much for the women to take in. So that's the body I want when I get to heaven. Now, God could have decided... In the next reality, just to allow you to be in spirit. But instead, he says, no, no, no. I gave you a body in this life on planet Earth, and I'm going to give you a perfected, glorified body in the next reality. You're going to have a body forever. And so if there's things about your body that you do not like right now, guess what? It gets perfected in the next life. But what do we do with our body right now? Because your body, folks, is very important to God. And maybe, just maybe, it should be important to you. So for the rest of our time, what I want us to do is I want us to look at this particular question. It'll come up on the side screens. How can we bring more honor to God with our body? How can we bring more honor to God with our body? And here's the first way we can do that. We could manage our body in a godly way. We could actually manage our body... In a godly way. Like I said earlier, you are not the owner of your body. You are simply the manager of it. God is the owner of our body. I just manage it. Uh, The Bible uses an older kind of word called steward. And stewardship, actually what that means is management. That we would manage our body. In other words, I cannot blame any other person... For my body, whether I misuse it or abuse it, because I'm the manager of my own body. No one else's. My body is a gift from God. He's given, it to, he's given it to me as a loan, and one day I will stand in account for it. When my wife Jennifer and I uh, purchased our very first home, which is here in Muncie, over on uh, uh, Petty Road, we were uh, Robinwood Road, near Petty Road. And when we purchased this, um, we had decided that we were going to live a lifestyle that uh, is a lifestyle that many 
uh, Christian financial planners talk about called the 10-10-80 plan. And the whole concept is that you take the first 10% of your income, you give it to God. The second 10% you save back. And then the last 80 is what you live on. Now, when we first moved here to Muncie, uh, our income was at a very different level than it is today. And so we realized that that 80%, that if we were going to honor God and save back, that that 80% wasn't going to give us like extravagant vacations. So what we did was we got a state park pass. With a state park pass, folks, you can go to any state park And you can have all kinds of vacation time and fun stuff, and that's what we did. And we'd have just little weekend kind of retreats. But one particular uh, day, uh, Jen's boss came up to her, who was uh, extremely wealthy, and he said, Hey, I want to give to you guys as a gift, if you want to, a whole week at Steamboat Springs, Colorado, to go skiing. And we both were like, "Uh, yeah. And he said, Well... The only thing is, it's, it's going to just cost $200 for the whole week. Everything is included. Now, the only problem was we still had to get to Colorado, okay? So we scrimped and we saved, and we finally got, uh, you know, a couple airline tickets, ski rental, and food that we would actually make in the condo itself. And so we went, and we walked into this place. And it was the nicest place we had ever stayed in our lives before. A three-bedroom condo, king-size bed, a, a gigantic kind of master bathroom. And there was a hot tub connected to it. I had to just keep Jen from getting her hands all over me for that week. I mean, it was, it was tough stuff. But there were... Uh, TVs, you know, like in every room. And they, they had this flat screen before flat screens really were even out. And, and we had this, and there was surround sound. And it was just like amazing. And right away, Jennifer decided for both of us this. We don't own this, Chris. You cannot mess around in this place. We are simply a very kind of minute little speck and we have a kind owner who has given this to us so in other words don't mess up the condo you know the very first thing she did was she got our towels and she put it all over the leather couches and stuff you know what i'm talking about when you don't want something messed up that's what you do i'm like why are you doing that she's like because you sweat I'm like you sweat too and so we cleaned up. We had like a little cleaning time every single day that we had to keep it up. And the hot tub, you had to clean it all up. In the kitchen, you had to clean it all up. And on our very last day, I'm thinking we're going out skiing. And she's like, oh, no, buddy, we're not skiing. We are cleaning. That's what we're doing. We are going to clean. And so we spent the whole time clean. And we come back to Muncie. And she says to her uh, boss, she says, thank you so much for letting us use the condo. We were good stewards of it. And then I said, oh, by the way, you can keep the towels, dude, you know, uh, that were all over the furniture. And we were glad to be able to give the keys back with no harm done. Folks, this is the spirit of 1 Corinthians 6, where it says, your body belongs to God now. You steward it. You manage it. You take care of it. Now, let me just say this real quick. If you're starving your body, if you're cutting your body, if you're poisoning your body with some substances, if you're sinning with it in some way, if you are overstuffing it, if you are engaged in some risky behavior with it in any way, this is what I want to say. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. To just agree with the Holy Spirit that says, I don't own this body. I'm just managing it. So I'm not going to abuse it. I'm not going to misuse it. And you manage it in a godly way. Because this is the truth, folks. Every single person in this place one day will stand before 
God. And he'll ask this question. What did you do with the body that I gave you? Like, what did you do with it? And God is watching us. You see, folks, Chris Bunch is the caretaker of his body. And you are the caretaker of your body. And will you manage it in a godly way? Second thing, if you're taking seriously honoring God with your body, we have to be careful what we put in our body. We've got to be very careful what we put in our body. Now, when I bought my Suburban 14 years ago, it was only one year old, and it was awesome. And so the thing that I decided in that moment is that I was not going to put regular fuel, 87-octane fuel in it. I was not going to pick premium because I'm too much of a tightwad. But I was going to pick the middle one, right in the middle. That is the, mid, uh, the uh, mid-grade fuel that's right in the middle, the 89-octane level. And that choice, folks, it has served me well. And my car uh, is 14 years old. And if you look at other 2002 uh, Suburbans, they don't look as nice as mine because I put good fuel in it. Now, I have a feeling you know where I'm going with this right now, don't you? The food, the fuel that you put in your body, it matters. Low-grade fuel, low-grade fuel creates low-level production. High-grade food, high-grade fuel leads to high-level production. So the question is, what are you putting in your body? Now, to be honest, this has probably been the greatest challenge for me personally. Because I was the baby of my family, my sister's eight years older, my brother's five years older than me, and I'm the baby. And so when I got to that stage, my parents were done with like telling you, eat your vegetables, eat your fruits. They're like, have at it. You know, just don't talk to us. Uh, you know, that's was, was kind of it. And so uh, when it came to eating vegetables or eating fruits, no one forced me, no one challenged me to do that. And so as an adult, uh, what I found was I just didn't eat healthy. I didn't know that until I got married. And then my wife said, you are horrible. You know, you're not eating healthy at all. And it's been a big challenge for me. But three years ago, as a church, some of you might remember, we went through a challenge of change where we looked at this concept called the Daniel Plan that Rick Warren and uh, Saddleback Church put together, which was focused on restoring and sustaining long-term health. And in the midst of that, there were four or five essentials that this program focused on. Faith, food, fitness, focus, and friends. And so when we first looked at this, I thought, you know what? I'm doing pretty good, four out of five. Faith, fitness, focus, friends, doing pretty good. But man, food-wise and making healthy choices on what I was eating was not good at all. And so I had to start thinking, how am I going to change? How is it going to be different? And particularly when it came to fruits and vegetables. And then there was one scripture that kind of convicted me more than anything else during that series. It's in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. And Paul says this. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. It says, whatever you do. Whether you eat, whatever it is that you eat, do it for the glory of God. Now, I'll be honest. When I go to a restaurant, I don't naturally think, which of these foods is going to bring honor and glory to God? I don't do that. Usually, I'm thinking, man, that smells good. Or look what just went by. You know? Or that tastes good, or whatever is the high-calorie thing. But do you think Chris Bunch could be healthier if I ask that question each time I sit down at a restaurant? What of the food that they're offering, what, what, of, what ones of those bring honor to God? And you'd say, yeah, it does. 
Now, three years ago, I made a commitment that I would eat one vegetable and one fruit every single day. Now, that's been three years ago. How many of you think that I have fulfilled that commitment every single day? Just by a show of hands, how many? Yeah, I got like three friends. But that's the truth. That's the truth. And so a couple months ago, when I was putting this series together, and especially over the last month, I I was like, man, I need a redo. You guys ever need a redo? Like you started the first of the year, and you were all gung-ho, but now it's February, and you're like, oh. And so you need a redo. The great thing is God is the God of redos. That's all he loves to do. We go to him, he gives us a redo. We're honest with him, we repent, read it. And so I'm back on the challenge again. One vegetable, one fruit every day. In fact, yesterday, don't clap. People clapped at the first celebration. I thought, that is weird. Do not clap. But yesterday, I ate two vegetables and one fruit. Don't clap. And some of you might be looking at that and you're like, well, that's not a huge accomplishment. And you're right. It's not. But for me, that was a big step in my life, and it's something that I'm trying to get better as as I live a healthier lifestyle. Folks, every single person in this place would benefit well if you ate more fruits and vegetables. I think you'd notice that you would have more energy in your body, and also gradually you would see dropping of pounds of unwanted weight. Now, I realize that this requires discipline because some of you are thinking right now, I don't like vegetable and fruit fuel. I like McDonald's and Burger King fuel. Like, I want the grease to flow through me, you know? Like, that's what I want. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about discipline, I gave you this step, definition? Discipline is doing the right thing even though you don't want to do it in the moment. And the reason you do that is because there's a huge payoff that's coming if you're disciplined now. I read a staggering statistic this week when I was uh, putting this together. 70%, 70% of all Americans are either obese or overweight. So you go to any state... You go to any city, go to any place, and 7 out of 10 are either overweight or obese. Now, what do you think it's like in other countries? Totally the other way. 1 out of 10. 2 out of 10. The United States, though, we are in a class of our own. We are leading the way. 7 out of 10 Americans are overweight or obese. Childhood obesity rates continue to go up all the time. If you're a grandparent or you're a parent or you're an aunt or you're an uncle or you have any kids around you at all, you should be very concerned about your kids. Because the kids don't make the food choices, folks. You and I do. We agree that... Childhood obesity in the last 30 years has actually increased by 30%. It's tripled. I guess that's more than 30%. 300%. Tripled in spend. And this is tied directly to the kind of food that we put in our tanks. So, could you be more careful with what you put into your body? Here's an example. Pop. What if you decided that I'm only going to drink one pop a day? Some of you, you're like, man, one pop. I'd have that before I, you know, even wake up. It's like on the side. (laughs) Big gulp, big gulp, big gulp. Speedway, where are you? But seriously, folks, if you could just say, you know what? I'm only going to have one 12-ounce can of pop. What would that do when you drank water and you chose other healthy choices for the rest of the time? What would happen if you did that? I know a guy who he gave up. He used to drink four Mountain Dews a day. 
and he gave up all Mountain Dew. That's all he did. Didn't exercise anymore, didn't do anything different. He just gave up his Mountain Dew for six months. He lost 20 pounds. Six months, 20 pounds, just like that, just by giving up Mountain Dew. Could you reduce the number of snacks you have after 7 o'clock? No Oreo, no cookie, no ice cream. You just do it. Could you choose to eat at home rather than going out to eat? You know, every time you go out to eat, almost all the statistics will show that you eat less healthy and that you put on more calories than what you would have done had you stayed at home. Can you increase the number of vegetables, the number of fruits that you have? Maybe for some of you, what you could do is you could check out the Daniel plan. It's free. It's online. Most of the stuff within the plan are free. You can check it out. And uh, there's exercise things, food uh, plans that you can do. All that kind of stuff. You could do that today. My, um, my in-laws are dog people. They've always had dogs. Uh, as far as I can remember. And they, at one time they had three dogs in a house. Now, I'm not saying if you have three dogs in the house, you're crazy, but they were crazy. They were crazy. Three dogs in the house. And I'll never forget one time they were telling me about how they were concerned about their little schnauzer and that they were investigating what would be the best food, high protein, kind of high quality, high end kind of dog food for their dog. And so they're telling me this, and we were at an event for one of our kids doing sports, and we were getting ready to drive back home to their house, and they're like, hey, uh, why don't we just pick something up on the way, and we'll eat together as a family. And my wife, Jennifer, said, well, how about Subway? And her sister all of a sudden was like, no, I don't want Subway. I want pizza and wings. And the parents, my in-laws, they're like, yeah, pizza and wings. And then all of a sudden, this thought came to my mind. The dog is going to eat healthier than we are. Like, I mean, they wouldn't feed their dog pizza and wings. But Chris and Jen and your kids, here you go. You see, they just couldn't quite connect the dots. So... You might want to use this as a screen test for yourself. Would you feed whatever you're eating to your dog? Or would you feed it to your cat? Now, I might feed anything to my guinea pig if we could, uh, you know. (laughs) Just joking, just joking. Don't email me. All right, next thing. Exercise your body on a regular basis. Exercise your body on, on a regular basis. Now, folks, there are all kinds of ways to exercise your body. So experiment with a wide range of what those are. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Find something that you like and do it. Because this is what I found with exercise. If it's an exercise that you enjoy doing, you are, do you think you're more likely to keep on doing it or less likely? More, more likely. If you find something you enjoy doing and you do it over and over again, the more likely you are to do it. Uh, I saw a quote this week by Jackie Gleason. He said this, Whenever I get the urge to exercise, I lie down on the couch until it goes away. Okay, folks, don't be like that. Okay, don't be like that. Now, for some of you, when you do your experimentation, what you'll find is that you love to run. And that's the, that's the exercise I like. I love to run. So three days a week, I try to run three miles or more, and I enjoy it. That's great. Some of you are like running. Give me a knife, and I will stick it in my eye. You know what I mean? If I don't ever have to run again in my life. You hate running. Well, don't run then. My wife, she does not like running. She likes to bike. And so she bikes. That's her big thing. She gets on the greenway, and she bikes. Great exercise. 
For others of you, maybe it's walking or dance classes or Pilates or yoga or Zumba or swimming or spinning or basketball or whatever. My parents, they're both in their 70s, late 70s, and the two things that they like the most are water aerobics. Now, they like the water to be warm. They don't want it too cold, but they do that. But experiment until you find something that you like, and then make that a part of your routine. And then if you really want to be consistent with it, find a friend. Have you ever noticed that you try to go exercise on your own? It's very, very difficult. But if you have somebody else who's going to do that with you, you're more likely to be consistent with that. And now all of a sudden, you have the benefit of friendship. Two things working together in the midst of that. One more thing, and you can quote me on this. Some exercise is better than no exercise. Okay? Some exercise is better than no exercise. For example... Uh, sometimes what will happen because, uh, our schedules are crazy. You know what that's like with our kids. It is as well. And sometimes, uh, I don't get a chance to do my workout. And so a lot of times if I'm like, well, I can't do three miles running. I'm just not going to do anything at all. You ever do that before? You're going to go do your thing, but you don't have enough time to do all of it. So you're like, I'm not going to do any of it at all. But what I've learned is that if I can do something It's better than nothing. And so if I don't have much time, but I can do less mileage, or if I don't have as much time, but I can go ride bikes with the girls, or I can take a walk with my wife in the neighborhood, then that's what I do. Because something is better than nothing. There have also been times where I get to the end of the day, I have to go to the hospital, I'm visiting someone in the hospital, and I get there, I'm like, I'm not going to have time to exercise today, I'm not going to be able to time to do my routine. But then there's this big elevator that's right in front of me. And then I'll choose. I'm not going to do the elevator. I'm actually going to do the stairs. And you do the stairs and it's not a tremendous amount of exercise, but it's some exercise. It's better than nothing. Something is always better than nothing when it comes to exercise. A fourth way to honor God with your body is to make sure we are resting it sufficiently. That you're resting it sufficiently. I saw some uh, research this week that was just crazy to me on how important it is to get sleep. This will knock your socks off. Do you know that the motor skills of a sleep-deprived person are worse than people who are legally drunk? Let me say that again. The motor skills of a sleep-deprived person is worse than a person who is legally drunk. Now think about that. Chronically sleep-deprived people are at greater risk for ulcers, premature aging, obesity, and breast cancer. No wonder why Scripture then speaks so much about the importance of resting your body and resting in the presence of God. That's why... God, when he created human beings, he didn't say, oh, work seven days a week. He said, no, no, no. Take one day out of every seven and pull back and rest. In fact, there's a whole uh, one commandment out of the whole Ten Commandments. One of them, one out of the ten, focuses on Sabbath of pulling back, resting, unplugging, getting rid of the over-adrenalized schedules and to amp down a little bit on your schedule. Now, to be honest, when we first started the church, I was not good at this at all. In fact, the first five years, I didn't take a Sabbath. And then one time I decided I was going to do a series on the Ten Commandments, and I got to the Fourth Commandment, and I'm like, you are disobeying this. Like, you're not just a little bit, Chris. You are gigantically, and you've been doing this for five years. And so I made a change. And so this is my change now. Whatever it is that I'll be done here, whatever time that is. So uh, we have first steps with Chris. I hope many of you will come. But we have that. And then after that, whatever that is, I take 24 hours before I do any work. And if I can get my way and my wife will take the kids, I will sleep in on Monday morning. And I'll enjoy it. Or sometimes I'll take them and then I'll come back and then I'll take a nap 
You know, nine o'clock in the morning, nap boy right here, you know, and I'll do that. And I love to run on Monday. I usually run right around noon and I'll go run and I like to run on Mondays with my eyes closed. I don't keep them closed the whole time. Okay. But I like to just like be in God's presence and just feel my body moving. And then I'll look up to the sky and I'm just in God's presence in the midst of that. When it's summer, I like to mow the yard. I like to pick up sticks uh, that are in the woods behind me. When I'm feeling real manly, I get out the chainsaw. And this week, folks, I'm getting the chainsaw out. And my wife is not working in the ER this week. She is, uh, you know staying in the house. But I love being outside because God's creation helps me to rest. It relaxes me. I enjoy it. I'm able to cease work to rest and allow my body to be energized. So, do you get the idea that maybe for your body and your mind, you you need regular rest, folks. You need that. You need to unplug. You need to not be rushed in your sleep. You need good nights of good sleep. And some of you right now are honoring God with this right now as you are drifting away in sleep. (laughs) To be honest, the rest of the message, it's not that good anyway, so just go ahead. (laughs) Honor God. Just take a little nap. Now, don't snore. That's where we, you know... That's where I draw the line. No snoring. Okay, last thing. Reducing destructive stress. If you want to honor God with your body, you reduce destructive stress. Folks, the reality is none of us can eliminate all stress. But very few of us really understand how dangerous destructive stress can be. Several years ago, before we had kids, like I said, I wasn't taking a Sabbath. I had the pedal to the metal all the time. I was working crazy hours, doing anything to try to make the church go forward. And the church started going forward. And we stopped meeting in homes, and then we met on this side of the gym. You've heard the story, then we met this way, and God was moving, and I was trying to keep up as fast as I could. And I was living a life that was amped up and totally out of control. And then one morning I woke up and I started having these heart palpitations. I'm like, what is that? You're only 30 years old. Dude, what is up? You know, you're 30-some years old and, and this is happening to you? And so I was like, well, you know, I, I guess I should tell my wife. And I told her and she's like, you need to go to the doctor. And so I went to the doctor and they gave me a stress test. How, how many of you have ever had a stress test before? Okay. And have you ever seen that demonic device before in a stress test? You know what it's called? Treadmill. And they got me on that thing and they had to start walking. I'm walking and then they incline it up and they're trying to get, you know, everything. And I just had this moment where I freaked out. I was like, what if I really have heart damage? Like, what if I have a heart attack right on this treadmill right now? What if I'm never able to see my kids or live an active life with them because of a destructive stress style? Well, I finished it, and then they came back to this. You know, medical people, I live with one, so I get it. You know, they they came back to me and they said, "Uh, Chris, your test was abnormal. Abnormal? Well, you could have told me that before I started doing all this work, you know? And then all of a sudden it started hitting me, abnormal. My grandmother on one side of my family died of a heart attack. My grandmother and my grandfather died of a heart attack on the other side. My uncle just had open heart surgery. And so they said, now we're going to give you this thing called a cardiolite. And I was freaking out. I really thought, man, there is heart damage and it's due to this out of stress life. And thanks be to God there wasn't. But I'm telling you right now, that the greatest thing that happened to me was there was a doctor who walked in and said, Chris, you got to change your lifestyle. You got to slow down because if you don't, my fear is your body 
is going to break. And so what I've done is I've just reduced destructive stress in my life. One of the greatest things that God has been teaching me more and more is that all of you and this church we called the jar, guess what? It's not my church. (laughs) I don't draw the crowds. I don't do anything. Jesus has more than enough. He doesn't need me. Uh, He really doesn't. But he chooses to use me. And so I pray hard and I work hard and I do all that I can. But at the end of the day, it's his church. Folks, I love you guys, and I just want to tell you that if you're at a place right now where destructive stress in your life is consuming you, you've got to call a time out. Because you were not created to live like that. And when you subject your body to this over time, over time, over time, I love you guys, but I want to tell you, you know what's going to happen? Your body's going to break. If you take an engine and you rev it up and you keep it revved up all the time and it revs and it revs, what eventually happens to the engine? It blows up. And in the same way, if you do that with your body, folks, it's going to break. But you have the opportunity today to change, to make a difference, to do something different. Romans 12.1 says this, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Did you know that taking care of your body is an act of worship? Just as much as you praying or reading the Bible or singing songs, taking care of your body is an act of worship. So in closing, I just want to remind you of something that I talked about a few weeks ago. No significant change or growth happens in your life unless you make a courageous decision to do something about it. Remember I said, you you ask any recovering alcoholic, you say, when was the last time you took a drink? They'll know exactly what that date was. You ask anyone who's a recovering gambler, you say, when was the last time you were at a casino? They'll remember exactly when that was. And folks, if you want significant growth or change in the area of honoring God with your body, you finally have to say, that is it. No more. I'm going to stop what needs to be stopped. I'm going to start what needs to be started. Now, we're going to put a picture up there. Who's that? Anybody know? right Popeye and every once in a while folks you got to have a Popeye moment a moment where you say this that's all I can stands I can't stands no more okay so since it's Popeye theology let's all read this out loud together out, out loud okay one two three that's all I can stands I can't stands no more and here's my question for you this morning What do you know you shouldn't stand anymore? What is the thing that you shouldn't stand to deal with anymore? To what do you need to say? This era of my life, it's over. God can't stand it. I can't stand it. The whole thing has to stop. So if you would, what I'd like to do right now is give you a moment just with God. So if you would, if you're open to this, if you're a Christ follower, great. If you're not, if you could just be open with it, just kind of go with it, that'd be great. To just close your eyes, bow your head, just have a moment just between you and God. This is just you and God. I want you to know that your body matters to him. So what is the Holy Spirit asking you to do or decide about your body today? What's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? For some of you, maybe it's, I'm going to stop harming my body. 
would take that moment and you would say, God, today it stops. I'm never going to harm my body in that way again. And with God's help, you can do this. You can. And some of you, maybe you need to make a decision about being more careful about what you put into your body. I mean, there's stuff that you put in your body you won't even let your dog eat. What does that say? Isn't it time to say I'm not going to continue to put that in my body? Some of you, you started off with an exercise program, but for whatever reason, sometimes good reasons, it's just gone away. What can you start or restart when it comes to exercise? And if you're like, well, I tried it before, but I just, I never can do it. Well, today's a new day. God could give you the strength, the discipline to do that. What about stress? What about rest? patterns. What is God speaking to you? And those of you who are older men and women, I just want to challenge you. Your kids and your grandkids would really like to have you around. Don't miss their wedding. Don't miss the birth of a grandchild. So just right now, I want to give you 45 seconds, just 45 seconds to listen to what the Holy Spirit is uniquely asking you Don't look at the person beside you, behind you. But what is God asking you to honor him with your body? You and God time. That's it. So what is the Spirit saying to you? say one thing that God wants you to do with your body. If you would, just raise your hand. Just one thing to honor God with your body. Yeah, the first celebration the same way. Let's stand now. We're going to close with a song that is maybe the most popular song in uh, the history of the world. And it's usually a song that people sing at big events. It's a song about God's power. Because the thing is, when it comes to our body, many of us try to have willpower, but the willpower isn't enough. And what we really need is God's power, not willpower. Willpower goes away, you know, like today. But God can give you power, and God can give you a grace to help you with that one thing that you sense God telling you to honor Him with your body. And he can do that starting today. So we want to sing about that amazing grace that breaks chains. Maybe you've had chains when it comes to your workout or managing your body or exercising or stress or sleep, whatever that is. But it's like, oh, it'll never change. No, it can. You're new. You're different. God wants to do something new in your life today. And you can have it done. So let's sing about his grace and believe that chains can be broken.
like prayer for anything, uh, they would love to pray with you. And um, let me first of all say thank you for listening to this message. I know it wasn't an easy message to always hear, but I, I believe it. And you know, I, uh, I felt this uh, prompting in the first part of this celebration that I love you guys. You're, you're family to me. And I don't want to do funerals for people because they just didn't take care of their body. And so whatever that thing is that you need to do to honor God with your body, I pray that you'll do it this week. I do. It's my my prayer that God would supernaturally give you strength to fulfill that. Let's pray. God, we uh, thank you so much for what you did in this place today. Your grace is amazing. Our fears are gone. Our chains are broken. We've been set free, God. And now I ask, God, that when Monday comes and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday until we come back together, God, would you help us to honor you with our bodies? Strengthen us, God, to make that one change that you've given to us so that from this day forward, we would be changed our body would be better to honor you and honor our family and honor those we love. God, help us to move in a new direction this week on how we honor you with our bodies so that your name would be made great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we'd love to see you at First Steps. Otherwise, have a great week now that you're loved in this place. Thanks, everybody.